Welcome to the Finding Nemo podcast. It's your host, Nemo. Today on the show, I brought on a man who has dedicated his life to the Lord. He commits all of his actions and words to glorify the Lord in everything he does. He's also the coach of the Linkier regional team, right? Mm-hmm. And That's right. he leads his team so well. I've sat in the practices, and everything is like, it's not about winning, even though winning is like a goal in the team, but it's also growing closer to the Lord becoming men after God's own heart. And so, please welcome Josh. How do you say your last name? <laughs> May War. May War. Yep. May War. Josh. Yeah, it's, no, it's hilarious you say that because literally everybody who reads my last name, they go, wait, what? How do you say that? So yeah. I need to, I need to change it to M-A-Y-W-A-R. But, yeah. I got in trouble for saying the last name wrong last on the last podcast. <laughs> it's so. all good. It's all good, man. All is, there, good. is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners? Oh man, just fun to be here. I uh, just have gotten to, some of my friends have been on here and so it's just fun to see just the encouragement and how encouraged they are by just being able to be around you. So, um I'm just I'm just honored that you'd want me and we'll hopefully we can encourage some people and have some fun while yeah, we're at that's it. That's the goal. I'm excited to have you on here. So, to start off, I would like to hear like your testimony and how you got to be the coach of the Linkier Lions. Yeah. Yeah. Um We'll start with we'll start with kind of my story first. Um, okay. I grew up in a great home, good parents, um, but my parents uh, we just knowing the Lord, following Jesus, going to church just just wasn't our jam. Um, but you know, great parents taught me hard work, discipline, responsibility, doing the right thing, um, serving others. Um, so that was just kind of the the household I grew up in, but. Uh, I didn't really know much about Jesus. I heard about God, but a relationship with Jesus was just kind of like a foreign thing to me. Um, and so it wasn't, it wasn't about till boy, my junior, my freshman year, I moved, I, my freshman year, I went to, uh, Muncie Central High School and, uh, started to become good friends, uh, with a guy named Nick Osborne. We, uh, we had moved houses um, beginning of my sixth grade year. And when we moved, he lived about like 10 houses down the road. And so we just became really good friends. So, you know, we became best friends in like sixth grade. And so, uh, from that point we were just really good friends. Um, kind of like the friendship, you know, like where, I don't know, maybe you have a friend where like their family gives you the garage code yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. and even if they're not home, you just go hang out at their house with yeah, their you, family. You just sneak in. Yeah, you're just kind of like the adopted brother that nobody ever wanted but just got, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so we kind of had that kind of relationship. It was really fun. So you know, I was just always at his house a ton, and he was always at mine. And when you lived ten houses down the road, like, you just walk down yeah. there, ride your bike, and it's just it was just really fun childhood memory. Um, but we became best friends, and we were you know the best athletes in our grade, and some of the best athletes in our city um not to not to sound arrogant but we just were really gifted athletes um and and a bunch of our friends were probably the top four or five athletes in the city um and so you know we have a city of sixty thousand people so it's not like we're in dallas or you know even some major metropolis where where did you grow up again uh muncie indiana indiana yeah so Small towns. Yeah, small town. Yeah, you know, you had, you had your local Walmart. You had you had everything you yeah. needed, all the fast food. But did you, know, you have Chick Fil A though? Uh, we do now. We didn't at the time. Oh, okay, I'm yeah. sorry. It, I don't know how you grew up. The in Lord's that. the Lord's favor wasn't upon <laughs> us at that point. Um, 
So we grew up together doing everything. Um, and in high school, uh, you know, when you're a really good athlete and you get a lot of attention, and a lot of notoriety, and you know, newspaper articles written about you, like as a young kid, you're like, you don't know how to handle that. Um, and so what, what we did is we just became full of ourselves. Um, and, and really thought highly of ourselves. We thought we had this image to upkeep. We, we thought that we had to be the cool kids. And so, you know, we got invited to, you know, all kinds of parties and, you know, all kinds of things where it's just like as a, as a high school kid, as a freshman, you're usually not included in on, yeah. but when you're kind of a big profile athlete, you kind of just, you get thrown into the mix. And so we were not equipped to handle that looking back. Um, but we just, we just fell into a lot of temptation that, you know, we even talk about now, now that we both know the Lord, we're like, man, if we could have, we could have redone that we would, um, we don't live in shame about it, but we just, we, we just know that we could have used those days in much more useful, effective and, and, um, honoring ways. Um, and so, so yeah, we were just kind of living for the world. Um, yeah. we weren't horrible people, but we definitely weren't, didn't love the Lord. And so as you live in that kind of lifestyle, as you get more into it, it just gets less and less satisfying. You know, it, it promises satisfaction for a little while, but then as you're in it, you're just like, man, I'm miserable. Like I, I don't have joy. I don't have purpose. I don't, I don't have life. Um, and so in high school we were making good grades, but underneath the surface, if you peeled back the layers, you know, if we were honest and people were to ask us some probing questions, like they probably would have figured like, Hey, the people, these big time athletes you look up to, you probably really don't want to be like, (laughs) and so, um, so yeah, that was our, that's kind of my, a, a synopsis of my high school story. Um, and, there was moments where, I, and I think God just kind of—I've always had a little bit of a, of a like a sensitive conscience in the sense of like, man, I, I just right and wrong matters to me, and I always there's always moments where we were out doing something we shouldn't, you know, and I'm like, gosh, there just be these moments of like, what am I doing, All right? You know, I'm driving in a car with people who are, you know, high or drunk or whatever, and I'm yeah. like. I'm like, dang, this does not seem wise. Why am I doing this, right? What's going on? And so, um, so yeah, it's just like when you're when you're around those environments. And I was usually the kid that's like, you know, the DD being sober. But when you're in those environments, you're just kind of like, man, like, ah, oh, what am I doing? It's not good for me, but it's not. It's also not good for the people around me and the situations we're putting ourselves in. And so I think in those moments, I can remember there's some vivid moments as I think back where I think God was kind of just slowly just like he was just tapping on on my door. Um, and it took me a while to, to respond. But I, as I look back, even when I you know, was just kind of living for myself, I can still see moments where God's just kind of like tapping on my door like, hey, Josh, like there's a better way, buddy. Like, yeah, there, you want joy and peace and hope like it ain't it ain't here. Um, so we get through college and, uh, no, we, we get through high school, sorry. And, and we get to college, um, and we both go to school. My best friend, Nick went to school in Loyola, Chicago. And I went to school at a small school called St. Xavier on the South side of Chicago. So he was on the North side. I was on the South side. And, and in that first year of college, Nick really grew in his faith and, and he, he'd given his life to the Lord later in his, uh, I think it was senior year. Um, and was really growing a lot. 
and starting to see, I was starting to see some change in his life. Um, and so when we went to college, I'd go visit him on the weekends, you know, we're in Chicago. It's beautiful, best place in the summer to live. It's just beaches, fun city. Um, beaches in Chicago. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I know. In the winter, you don't want to touch those beaches, but in the <laughs> summer, uh, Oak, Oak street beach, North street beach. Yeah. There's some, okay, so it's nice. a fun place to live in the summer cause it's warm. But in the winter, it gets ice cold. Like, okay. you stay far away from those beaches. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a fun summer city. There's, you know, music festivals, and, and it's, a, it's a huge city. So there's just always there's always something going on. And so we'd be up there, and he'd be telling me what he's spending his time, and he's reading and praying. And, you know, I'd stay the night with him, and he'd, you know, kick me out of his room. Like, hey, man, I need to spend some time praying. And I'm like, kind of like, <laughs> what? It's kind of weird. Like, who, who are you talking to, man? <laughs> like, but then I, I'm as I'm as he's doing this, I'm starting to see like, wow, maybe there's actually something to this relationship with God thing. Like I don't really know much about God. I, you know, I I believe that like, hey, this didn't just happen. Like I kind of was like, oh yeah, like there's a lot of complexity to this world. But like needing a savior and praying to a God that listens and hears, I'm like, that's interesting. I don't really know a lot about that. Um, but as I saw him kind of live this out, what was happening? I was like, man, it, it started to pique my interest. And so I think something cool about that is you just never know who your faith is influencing, even in your family, your closest friends, right? Like he's my best friend. Um, and he, what was cool is that he put the Lord before me and how that impacted me was really cool. And so I started to see this over time. Uh, and in college, I wasn't living for the Lord, still living in a worldly kind of mindset, making selfish and just sinful decisions. Yeah. Um, you know, just being in that athlete culture, right? Your athletes are always tempted with, you know, partying, taking glory for yourself, um, not honoring women in the way you should. And, and, and so those are, I mean, those are just big temptations athletes have to battle because you're just in the spotlight. And so as I was in college and seeing Nick change, it really convicted me of like, man, maybe there's something more and I'm, that I'm missing. Um, and, but, and so I started to wonder, like, man, maybe there's value in doing the right thing and honoring people. And, you know, my my wheels were slowly starting to churn. And, and Nick's sharing, as I go to visit him, he's telling me about Jesus and, and, you know, why it's important to have a relationship with him and what he offers and why he died for us and why we need a Savior and all these things. And I'm like, man, that's just like, I don't feel like I need a Savior. I'm, I'm not that bad. Like, yeah. you know, I, I just, I might be mean or impatient or, you know, selfish every once in a while, but like, I'm not, I don't need a savior. It's kind of weird. So my sophomore year, I really wanted to transfer schools. I, I had, uh, just had a coach that we just didn't see eye to eye and just his style of play didn't really fit with my style of play. And so, um, I had a couple of good buddies graduate. And so I was just like, man, this, I think this is a good time to move on. I've, I've tried to make it work here and it, it just, it just wasn't working. And so, there's this program called Indiana Wesleyan, which is a school. It's about 30 minutes from my hometown. And I'd always respect them from afar. They're always really good at basketball. Like, I'm always like top 25 and, yeah. and really good. And so I was like, man, like initially, I just wanted to go there because they're a good basketball team. And so as I decided I wanted to transfer, I reached out to the coach and, you know, sent an email and got released from my old school and, and was like, man, this would be really fun. And so, so my motivation was I want to go there and be good at basketball like I want to play for a good team I want to win um and, and they offered that and and I was like it's a Christian school like hey like kind of know a little bit about Christianity it'll be fun to 
Excuse me. It would be fun to yeah. be at a school. Like, I want to do the right thing. I kind of had that gnawing in my heart earlier of just like, I need to make some changes. You know, I was like, this sounds like a good place to do it. Like, I know Christians are supposed to do the right thing, so can't hurt. Yeah. Uh, so I get, so I, I go through the transfer process and, you know, it's kind of a crazy story. I, when I first reached out, they didn't have a scholarship available. And, and just to give some context, like it's about $45,000 a year to go to Indiana Wesleyan without a scholarship. And so I'm like, well, oh boy, that's a lot of money. Like my family just doesn't have money growing on trees like that. So man, I like the, the step of faith kind of hit me in the face. Like, wow, I might, I was, cause I was on a full scholarship at St. Xavier. So I was like, man, well, I might just have to take out loans and figure it out. Like, well, you know, but I didn't want to go into debt. And so there's this tension I was wrestling with. And what happens is I call a coach. He says, like, man, we're really interested. We don't have a spot. He calls me back about a week later and says, hey, we just had a kid transfer. as a scholarship available. And I was like, holy cow. So I went from having to pay $90,000 to I think I had to pay 5000 for my whole school. That's, that's awesome. So it was a big, that was a big, like, you know, honestly, like a big faith booster of like, man, I had no idea how it was going to work out, but I just took a step of faith and, man, it's crazy to see what happened. And as I look back, I see God's goodness in that. Um, and so I uh, get to Nana Wesleyan and meeting the coaches and they're really cool guys. And they they do basketball at a high level, but they also do discipleship at an even higher level. And I didn't even know what the heck discipleship was. But, you know, we're getting in the locker room and they're opening up scripture, leading devos and applying it to what we need to grow in on the court. And, you know, there's just this intersect of basketball and faith that I'd never seen before. But I realized as I, as I started to listen and actually trust what they said and, and learned about principles in scripture and applied them on the court, I was like, holy cow, there's actually life in this. Like, this isn't just some you know, boring thing you do just to be good and not do the right bad thing. I'm like, there's actually some power in this stuff. And I was like, holy cow, maybe there's some power in this Jesus stuff. So like in that time, man, I just gave my life to the Lord. I was like, there's actually life in this. I think that's what I missed so much growing up. I'd never seen anybody live it out and be spirit led and, and, and be bold and be courageous and have joy until I got to Indiana Wesleyan. Um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's actually life in this. Like, there's this yeah. is worth doing, not just something you do begrudgingly because you're afraid to go to hell. It's like following Jesus is an adventure, right? And if it's not, like, there's nothing wrong with Jesus. There's probably something wrong with our mis- – we're either misunderstanding him or we're not uh, – maybe there's we're living in complacency or apathy, right? And so when I experienced that, I was around men who kind of were on that same – had that same mindset of like, hey, there's there's life in this. It's not always easy. But there's life in learning God's word and trusting it and applying it to your life and living your life for the Lord. I was like, when I grasped that in college, I was like, I'm never going back. Right? It's just like this instant 180 of like, oh my gosh, this is worth it. Yeah. Like loving people and serving people and pursuing holiness and you know, it, it was just like these doors opened up in my mind. Like, oh my gosh, there's so much out there I can grow in and do and and impact people and change the world and, and grow and loving who knowing who God is. I'm like, there's, there's endless opportunities. Right. And so there's just like this, my mind expanded of like, Oh my gosh, there's so much hope in this world. Right. And even in the midst of all the wild nonsense and darkness that I had been living in and I had seen all around me, 
I was like, wow, there's actually a savior who came to end all this and, and save us from the destruction and sin that we choose daily. Let's go. Like I'm in. And so that was just like, those, those were really sweet years at Indiana Wesleyan. My junior, senior year, um, got to, cause I transferred, I only got to play two. And so that was just, it was just really fun. Like I just grew so much, you know, I went from being a selfish, egotistical, comfort seeking young man to a selfless, humble, uh, servant in, in a matter of two years, like just who I was when I walked in and who I, who I was when I walked out, just totally, totally different people. Um, and so that kind of links in how I got to, to be able to come to link and coach. I worked at Canica the summer after my junior year. So okay. after my first year at Indiana Wesleyan and was out at K2 and got to know Donier and, you know, Joe and Grant Gaines and Pat Cone and, you know, um, all, all kinds of just really all the legends. Oh uh, yeah. All the legends. And so just got to rub shoulders with them. And, and I walked in this place like, what the heck is this, this place is nuts. Like they're chanting and hollering. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Y'all are weird, bro. Like, what is all this? Um, but as I adjusted, you know, it's like your first two days, you're kind of just like your eyes are, your eyebrows are glued. Yeah. Up I felt that this summer. Yeah, like yeah, what is going on? It's like, this is a lot. Uh, but after you get over the initial shock, uh, you, you're like, wow, these people are just really fun. And, uh, they love just serving kids and, and, and knowing God and studying his word and, you know, working hard. And it's just like a fun culture to be a part of. And so, um, as I was working that summer, we became really good friends with, uh, um, Stedman Valentine, who was on leadership in 2015, which is the summer I was there. And, and, and we had stayed in touch over the years and, um, as we stayed in touch, like he, he got hired at link here in 20, gosh, 2019 to coach, um, to be the, the he's actually, who's, he got hired to be the position I was in. And then he called me and said, Hey, would you want to be my assistant? And cause just from our time at K2, we, we ran basketball together and both played in NAI basketball. And so we, we just kind of similar culture fit, similar heart towards our players. And so when he hired me, I said, yes. And then, um, was, his assistant for two years and then I took over this past year um he's moving on to more of a pastoral ministry role yeah um and so you know it's been fun to transition from assistant to head coach and I I needed those two years as an assistant just to grow and learn and learn how to lead um and so yeah it's been really fun now now I get to wake up each day to get to I get paid to do something I would do for free. And yeah, so, that's, that's, <laughs> which that's is, a dream. Yeah, which is make disciples and coach basketball. Like you wouldn't have to you don't have to pay me to do that. I would do it regardless. So so yeah, that's kinda how I got got here. Yeah, that's awesome. That's an awesome testimony. So yeah, it's it's cool. I mean I Yeah. It's looking back and even it's always fun to share your testimony. You you start yeah. to you're reminded of parts that you overlook or and and I think all I have to say is uh, for somebody listening that, you know, whether your story is you don't have Christian parents and they don't talk about Jesus or you do have Christian parents and talk about Jesus. Like the, the truth that I think everybody's looking for, nobody wakes up and goes, Hey, what's true. I don't think anybody believes that. Like nobody wakes up each day and goes, Hey, what's true. <laughs> I'm like, I, I think people yeah. go, they wake up and they go, Hey, what's going to make me happy. Yeah, exactly. You know? And, and, and following Jesus 
is the only thing that's going to produce real lasting enduring joy. So for anybody listening who's kind of like, oh, well, like, yeah, this Jesus seems kind of boring. I'm like, hey, stop there. Like, don't don't believe that lie that it's not fulfilling. It's not satisfying. It's the only thing that fulfills. It's the only thing that satisfies. And, and any other thing, even good things, will still still run dry. But like running, you always, in Christ, you always have a well to draw from. There's always new insight. There's always new wisdom. There's always new encouragement he wants to offer. You know, then you start to realize, oh man, now you get to be a part of God's family, his body, the church. And then you get to be encouraged by those. Like, I mean, it's an amazing, like, there just don't buy the lie that it's just going to be kind of like a meh. Yeah. that's. It's just like that. I think Satan loves to just, just deceive people on that. And it, it, there's just really is just so much life in it. Yeah, like once you realize it, like you had a 180, I had a 180, and like even if it's not a 180 for you, once you realize like what's in like putting your faith in the Lord, like it will rock your world. And like I've said the past few episodes, like it just makes you want to talk about Jesus in every instance of your life. Like, mm-hmm. That's what he does to you is he just takes you over and turns mm-hmm. you into his instead of the worlds or mm-hmm. yourselves mm-hmm. and you just like instead of having that selfish like selfish attitude you have more of an outward attitude and you see people are hurting so you mm-hmm. can reach out to them and stuff like that is like this is crazy yeah yeah i mean just uh, i go to church at fpc branson here and you know and one value i love that pastor jeremy and mark and the elders and leadership team is uh you know made made it made a very strong focus is like be outward facing yeah and like there that's what and that's what makes life joyful right like in in, in our world is so inward facing introspective woe is me i'm bad like satan loves like satan's got you right where he wants you he wants you but like when you start to like you said like you see a need you meet a need right because jesus did that all the time and so as his followers like as, as people who are his, like you said, it's like, that's what we get to do, right? Matthew 25 would tell us that. And so it's, it's really, f- that's, and that's where you're like, dang, this is, this is amazing. Like I would never have done this without knowing Jesus because I'm selfish, but because I know the Lord and how I can be like a, a, a need meter, like that's amazing. Whether that's a, a hug, a, a good conversation, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, giving somebody some money to get food or like, I mean, whatever that need is, is you, you know, that, arises like you're just able to hop in and meet it and that's just like jesus meets all of our needs so we get to do that for others it's, yeah, just it's cool. like using his blessing on us to bless others exactly exactly yeah so you played basketball in college you kind of hit on it like how was like your faith like yeah. obviously like you having sports and you succeeded in that college atmosphere so like how was your faith during that like when you were getting the glory like how'd you deal with that? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great that's a great insightful question. Um, I think college athletics, in professional athletics. I mean, I've never been a professional athlete, but I've been around some. I think it's the hardest, one of the hardest places to genuinely have a true, authentic faith in Christ, um, and and not just a tagline Christianity of, hey, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and you know, for God. So like. Yes, those are all true. Like, God's word is God's word. But, like, it, it's just, like, when – what does it mean to have an authentic faith in an environment where that's not the focus? Like, how do you do that? How do you yeah. walk that out? 
um, it, it's it's a great challenge, but it's also you can either look at it as a great challenge and get discouraged or a great adventure and get encouraged, right? And I think in the athletics world, in the athletics arena, what 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 people respect is and and, and admire and are going to get behind is when you truly believe something and your life follows up with that. Yeah. Right. Cause it's like in, in sports, if it's like, you know, you're, you say you're the best player and you go out and get dominated. Guess what people do? They don't respect you. Yeah. Right. Like they, they're like, okay, your influence, your, the reality is your influence and your, you know, voice kind of just lost some weight there. Right now with, your faith is like the same thing applies. Like if you say you believe something, and people see you being a hypocrite. Like you're like, Phew. but if they see you believe something, you say you believe something, and they see you being faithful to that, whether they like it or not, they can't not respect you. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's something that I think we underestimate as believers. And like, the, you just have to be bold, and you have to be unashamed. But that only that's not going to just happen in your life. Like it has to come by, like having an intimate relationship with the Lord where you're studying his word, where you're meditating on it, where you're running to this more than you're running to, you know, the praise of what people think about you when you're playing basketball and you have good community around you. It's going to sharpen you and keep you humble. Um, and so, yeah, I think like a- athletics are a great place to be a light, but it's a really hard place Yeah, and, and you can't fake it. You just can't. There's too much temptation. There's too much, you know, uh, there's too many egos. There's too, like, it's just, you, you can't fake it in athletics. And I think that's why it's a hard place to live it. Cause the reality is I think in other arenas of life, like it's easy kind of like, nobody's going to really probe you. Nobody's going to really like test you. But when you're, when you're an athlete, you're always in the spotlight. You have other people around you who know you well, they see your, they see your good and your bad. And, and, there's a high level of accountability just in, in athletics in general, whether that, I mean, it doesn't matter what sport it is. So when you, when, when you are in that arena, like you're, you're, you're exposed, right? Like, and that's why I love coaching. It's like, I, I, I see the ups and the downs of my players. Yeah. Like I know who they are pretty quickly. Right. And as I get a whole year with them, you know, you get to know them really, really well. You see how they handle adversity. You see how they handle conflict. You see, you know, who they truly are when they wake up at 5.45 a.m. and they're and they're being held accountable to be selfless and to talk and to motivate, right? Like, you get a very good sample size of who someone is through sports. And so what I think that does is it reveals parts of people that if they weren't in that arena, we wouldn't see. Yeah. You know, and so so the, the reality is you're kind of under the microscope, right? As a, and especially as coaches, like, you know, there's probably – there's players out there in college sports who claim to be Christians and co- their coach isn't a believer – and their coach doesn't respect that player who claims to be a Christian because they say, like, hey, your mentality and how you treat your teammates, has it's the same as everybody else. Like, what's the difference there, right? So I think my, I say that because my encouragement is to athletes who genuinely are believers, who love the Lord, who obey his word, who take disobeying him as a big deal. It's like I, I'm not trying to put pressure on you by saying that, but I just think there's a, there's a weight that you should feel that humbles you and sobers you to stay close to the Lord and to be obedient and to be faithful. Um, because you, cause you live in that kind of that arena that I talked about. It's like, there's, it's a tougher place to, 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 to live it out, but you're called to regardless of where you are. 
Yeah. And so I, I think it's 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 a it's a very easy place to get full of yourself because, oh man, I went for twenty five and fifteen, right? The newspaper write up comes out the next day in the article and you see a picture of yourself, right? Or yeah, you know yeah. The, the online you know sports information director just wrote up a nice you know little little summary of your game and your coach says some good things about it. it's it, it, and, and there's nothing wrong with being proud of your performance right like yeah, you yeah. should feel proud and feel the joy and pride that comes in man i played hard and i did well and i'm growing as a player like that's awesome but you can't go hey i'm amazing look what i did because the, the reality is you didn't create yourself yeah god gave you your body yeah he gave you the ability the talent the mind to be able to play at that level and and he's you so you can't you you can you can when you receive when people praise you or like acknowledge you and give you you know hey great job it's like hey you should, don't be false falsely humble and say oh well all oh, glory to god it's like yes that's true but you can say hey thank you and then they really need to be like hey yeah man i and God's been good to me. He's been kind. I, I have these talents and abilities and the ability to play. And, you know, like, I'm just thankful that I get to do this. Right? Like, there's a, there's a true humility that you can display in that. So, I think it just – athletes just need to know it's like, hey, you're going to get recognition and probably a little praise and glory, but just just don't let it stop with you. Always, even if it's just internally, point it back like, hey, Lord, like, thanks. That, it's because of you. Um, because once it starts to stop with you, then you start to get an ego. You start to get a little yeah. inflated. You start to get a little – little haughty and we know what proverbs says about pride you know comes before the fall and hearty haughty spirit before destruction so um yeah i think it's just uh when you as an athlete i mean i I know we're just covering a lot i'm kind of rambling but um it's a tough arena to live out your faith but when you do it well it it changes things and i I experienced that in the wesleyan and i didn't do it perfectly but i was in a culture and environment where it was just authentic um and people were unashamed to talk about the Lord. Um, but they also did it in a tactful, attractive way. Um, yeah. Because athletes are wired to look for satisfaction. And they want they want to be, they want to grow, they want to get better. And it's like, man, everything you're looking for, it's not, it's not about basketball, right? Like, it, those things you're looking to be satisfied in, that constant growth, like, man, there's always, I'm all, there's always more room to grow in Christ. Like, yeah, so let always. me point you there, yeah. right? So, so yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a lot of power right there. Yeah, all the powerful words. Um, for the next like questions, like you were talking about, like in your basketball career, you were in a good community. Like putting yourself in a good community is huge, mm-hmm. and it's hard to thrive in like a toxic <laughs> environment. Yeah. So like, what would you say to encourage someone who's like, right now, that person driving all those drunk people? Mm-hmm all their friends like because obviously they don't when you're in that instance you don't want to abandon your friends mm-hmm. like you're like i'm just gonna be lonely mm-hmm. if i say if I, I, yeah. ca- I can't do that with you guys anymore right right yeah well yeah yeah my the the easy answer it came to mind as well trust what god's word says yeah <laughs> you know yeah. but like it's never that just black and white um i think you just have to have an honest reflection of if i continue to hang around these people will i like who i am in five years mm-hmm. yeah you know i think that because that's that's what you 
that's what you just have to think about because you know, I was reading something online the other day um, and this lady said, you know, sh- show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I was like, that's powerful. And, yeah. and, and I've heard that before, but I was just, it was a reminder of like, wow. And so I think it's just like me, the person who's in that, you know, situation, you know, whether your friends are partying or, or just being gossips or just mean people, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, like, is that, is that those, who those people are, if they continue influencing you for the next five years, who will you be? And does that encourage you or scare you? And if it scares you, you, you just have to trust God. It's going to provide good friends and you need to step away. Yeah. And, and, and if it encourages you, like you like who you be and, and who you be is going to be someone who is, you know, uh, a blessing to others who, who thinks positively, who, who has passion, who has purpose, who has joy. It's like, okay, invest in those relationships. But if that, if that's not the case, then you got to check the deuces and, and find new friends um, and trust that God will provide those new friends. And he doesn't desire to got nowhere in scripture. Does God desire for you to be lonely or live in isolation? So if he doesn't desire that, you got to trust that he'll, he'll provide the people that will be your community, yeah. you know? And so um, I would say that's just my encouragement. It's like, man, it, who, who are your friends going to help you to become and shape you to be in five years? If you don't like who that person is, Hey, take this, take the hard step of obedience and fi- and find new friends and pray that God will bring those people and, and run to the local church that where where there's yeah. God's people everywhere. Um, ask that f- Christian friend who you kind of know, but maybe you're afraid to approach and just say, Hey, I, I really need new friends, but I just don't know where to start. And I'm kind of intimidated. It's, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just real. It's a hard step no matter what. It you, is. You just got to take it. It is. And I, as I, I wrote some notes down and, and I think, man, second Timothy two twenty two says it best. It says, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So, you know, Paul's writing to Timothy and he's saying, Hey, Timothy, like there's youthful passions in you that you, you, you got to flee. Um, like that aren't going to be helpful that aren't going to help you to be who God desires you to be so he says hey run from those right like flee yeah. it doesn't mean like get close to and then go oh no 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 okay now I got to turn away yeah. alright no it says hey you see that and then you run right like as soon as you see it you run the other way All right? so he's saying flee but then what's also really cool I mean I could literally teach on this for like 50 minutes then he says, then he says, pursue, right? So there's this, uh, I was telling my guys this about a couple weeks ago in the locker room. I was like, Hey, so like the Christian life isn't just running from everything. It, there is certain aspects where it says flee, right? Flee sexual morality, you know, flee, uh, you know, speaking evil and gossip, right? Like flee lying about who you are and what you're doing. Flee, um, you know, just being unjust. Like there's so many things that we're, we're told not to do. Correct. Like yeah, yeah. there are certain things we're not to do, which is good. But if that's all you think the Christian life is, I think people get so discouraged and they just get very like, gosh, it's just no fun. So God says, flee this, but look how cool God is. He says, pursue something better. So there's like this flee and then, okay, we, fl- we fled that now. Hey, go after this. And this is where you're going to find the satisfaction. Yeah. This is where you're going to find the joy. This is where you're going to find the life that I desire for you to have. 
when you pursue, you know, f four things, righteousness, faith, love, and peace. So pursue what's right. Pursue putting your, putting your faith in the Lord. Pursue love, loving others, and pursue peace, right? And so it's so cool that God would tell us to flee and then pursue, and then he wraps it all up with, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So he's telling, that's a personal command, flee, pursue. Then he says, hey, do that with a bunch of people who call on my name and love me from a pure heart and see what, see what happens. Right. And so I think that's what's really cool. And I would encourage that person just to get back to our question of, hey, like God wants you. He calls you to do those things with people because that's where it really starts to take root. Right. Like, I, you know, I have two friends, Jeff and Stedman, that I get to do that with. And it's if I did do it on myself, like I still do it because God calls me to. But I wouldn't be as encouraged. I wouldn't be as have as much strength. I wouldn't be have as much joy if I wasn't seeing them do that as well. And helping them to do that and also them helping me to do that so yeah um so yeah i think that's just god wants us to desires that for us the community is community is cute it's huge it's huge so i've been asking in the last few episodes this question just because like i lost my memory it's like what is like one memory that you hope you never lose like if you lost your memory what is the one memory that you're like dang that's the one i want to keep i mean it's hard. It's like no, the yeah. question, like, what's your favorite movie or what's your favorite song? It's hard. Yeah. So. What's a memory I never want to forget? Could be anything. Yeah, man. I'm, oh, there's a ton that pop up. Um, wow. It's a, it's a tough question. Yeah, that hits deep, man. That hits different. Um, Gosh, Nemo. Um, <laughs> Should I give any heads like, up on I, this one? I feel like Dory right now. I <laughs> just kind of like, huh? Um, man, there's there's a couple things that came to mind. I'll, I'll probably give you a couple. Okay. Uh, there's one time I remember I was at Indiana Wesleyan. There's two times. Um where I was doing my quiet time in this random conference room in my dorm. And then I was doing a quiet time on this uh, kind of like outdoor patio that's like on the second floor of my dorm. It was just like really pretty and it's like a beautiful day. And I just remember like just vividly thinking like there's, I'm like hungry to seek the Lord. This is mind blowing because I had no interest in him. I, I vividly remember thinking I had no interest in him two years ago but here I am like wanting waking yeah. up wanting yeah, to do that and it was just kind of this moment when when I when I was like sitting in that conference room thinking like wow I'm like pursuing the Lord I was like wow this isn't this isn't me wanting to pursue the Lord it's the Holy Spirit within me that's wanting like more and more of God and those are just solidifying moments of like hey who I am is so dead and who I am now is a totally new person and I just never want to forget those moments because I want to have them more often. Um, I remember when I was sitting on that patio, like there, there was just like, it was a beautiful day. It was about 70 degrees, blue sky, you know, I'm reading my Bible and I'm just having these moments like, wow, like this is what life is supposed to be like. 
like knowing the creator having fulfillment and joy knowing who i am in christ i'm like those those kind of sound i'm not trying to hyper spiritualize things but those are just really strong moments that encourage me to keep doing that um so those those are one i i think also too um there's some memories with my best friend nick just as we grew up like man we just had a ton of fun together and and we have some hilarious memories um there's a memory where I threw his bike in the middle of the road, like chucked it over my head. You know, we were pretty big guys, and I just chucked his bike in the middle of the road. And I, it bounced on the road for like probably 10 times, it felt like. And he gets up and rides his bike. He just picks it up like nothing happened to it. He then walks over and like literally kicks my bike tire. Like just like kick, not even like crushed it, but just kind of like a little tap. And I picked my bike up and my bike tire's broken. And I remember we were dying laughing. Like, we were mad at each other. We were, like, we are getting in a fight about something. Like, I think it was probably early high school. And he's just walking away riding his bike. And I'm walking. My bike's, my tire's wobbling. It, it, <laughs> he it sounds, tapped it. He just tapped it. And it. I, like, chucked his bike. And so we died laughing about that. I mean, there's just some good childhood memories in my neighborhood of just, we'd go to the pool a ton. And, um, yeah, my I had sweet memories of Indiana Wesleyan just growing and playing basketball and, being a part of a fun team with a fun culture and, you know, funny me- memories in the locker room. And, uh, yeah. So I, I would say there's, there's just, there's a lot, there's a lot. That's, that's a tough question. That's a great question. I mean, I might have to pull that out. Yeah. Ask that on some people. It's a, it's a question that everybody needs to be asked. Cause like, yeah. you don't realize what you have until you lose it. So let me ask you this then. What, right. Since you lost your memory. Yeah. What is a memory you wouldn't want to lose since you've, like, after that time? Like, you turned the question on me. Since you lost your memory from where you are now, like, in that span of time, like, from today to the day you realize you lost your memory, like, what is something you wouldn't want to forget? That might hit a little different for you because God just wrote wrote a unique story. I just don't want to forget the love of Jesus. Mm, That's good. Because, like, if I remembered that when I lost my memory, I wouldn't have had like struggled as much as I had. I would have still struggled, of course, but just feeling that love because like I felt like no one loved me for like four months straight after you yeah, got after your, my yeah. after after your accident. So I was like definitely like just remembering the love and the relationship I had with him would have like been a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. And I hope no one forgets that mm-hmm. just for their sake. Yeah. Because I know how that feels. Mm-hmm. And more of a fun memory is just, like, my camp friends. Like, I don't want to forget any of them. Because mm-hmm. this was your first year, or, like... My first year that I remember. So camp to you is, like, a whole new experience. Yeah, yeah Holy yeah. cow. So it's, like, your first year thinking of it's like, what is going on? Why are You're they like, chanting these? Like, why does everybody know But you'd been stuff? at camp for how many years before then? I've been around camp since yeah, I was, like, four. Yeah, four. So you'd yeah. been to camp before. Yeah. I've wow. So it's kind of like you just get a new experience. Yeah, so it's crazy. So you come back this and you're like, this place is awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm ready to be back there already. That's but awesome. I made so many fun relationships there and, like, intimate relationships with people. Mm-hmm. I hope I never forget. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. That's super cool. Yeah. So I think I think they'll wrap up this episode. Is there anything you'd like to say before we go? Yeah, I actually do have a question for you. Another one, okay. Um, I was thinking about this as I was driving over. All right, so you're like, you know, 
All right, it's called the Finding Nemo podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Nemo, right, Mr. Responsible, conscientious, but he always had a friend like Dory, right? Dory's kind of funny, yeah. goofy, aloof. Who is your Dory? Who is my Dory? There's, there's a few people that come to mind. Let's name them. Let's Grant, call him out. Grant is definitely Grant Trout. Yeah, yeah, he's always messing with me. He can, he can, he can be goofy and fun. Yeah. So Grant. Mm, who else? There's like different people at different stages, like through my accident. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah. So, uh, so Nate Gwynn. Nate Gwynn. He's a camp guy. He's like my buddy. He's like the one who like him and a few other guys. But I would say he's the main one who poured into me. Mm-hmm. And like led me to Christ, he's he's definitely up there. He's he's a funny guy. Yeah. And then. See you, Branson. No, he's in, he's from Texas. Texas, okay. Texas, Just got so. to the camp. Cool. He's at A and M right now. Okay. Living the life. Um. Canal Curtis, she's. She's pretty. I'm pretty close with her right now. Mm-hmm. She's definitely Dory right now. That's funny. Yeah. That's fun. That's fun. Yeah, so there's yeah. like different people throughout the accident. Yeah. They help you just have fun and yeah. be loose. Yeah. yeah. yeah and my family's always messing with me. Yeah. You always give me a hard time. Like, <laughs> they try to convince me to Titus wrecked his car and before my accident, and my car's sitting there, and they try to convince me that Titus' wrecked <laughs> car was my car, and his know, was perfectly up. fine. Well, we were sitting at that basketball game that one time, and I remember your brothers were just like cracking jokes. And like I was like, nonstop. I was like, dang, is that you? can you can you crack jokes? Is that right? <laughs> it, there was an, it was like they gave me like two days before I got home before it started happening. That's funny. So that's yeah, funny. Well, hey man, thanks for having me, and, and you totally trumped me on the. <laughs> what do you want? Not want to forget? I'm like, dang, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to forget the love of Jesus. And I, I would add to that. I, just, I don't want to forget the 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 truth of God's word as well which yeah that's which tells us about the love of Jesus you know it's like man like it, your story is just so unique and, and powerful in so many ways and you know and of course it has its struggles and complexities that come along with it but what what's what's almost comforting is that like you can still go back to God's word and before your memory and after it happened, like it's still it's, it's still the same. same. You know, it's, it's like the same. like there's there's a piece in that that I think that we all want and desire, and it's cool to see that, you, like you you have that, you know, yeah. and and I have that, and heaven forbid something crazy happens in my life, and it's like well I got I got to run to something that doesn't change because we we I think life is you just never know what tomorrow brings. Yeah, you know we're so. We're so fickle and weak, and we're, we're just dust that God created, and yeah. you know. So we just need to trust Him, and it's cool. It's cool. So yeah. So I want to thank. You. I just want to thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, man. It was fun. Super we had some fun. fun. Had some oh, yeah. laughs. Got, we to. got into it. Got to man. Got into it, and fun. I just, I fun. Just hope it's, I just hope this episode is like encouraging to you guys, and just like the love of Jesus is always there. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, the word is always the same. Mm-hmm. No matter what situation you're going through, like you can always turn to it, and mm-hmm. it's a comfort, mm-hmm. and it's like a guide to where you need to go with your life. Hundred percent, and 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 it, it has been for <laughs> ever since it was <laughs> it was written, written, and it continue will be long after you and I are gone. So, um, which is fun. It's just not about us, and 
it never stops with us. We're our life. We're image bearers. Yeah. Pointing people to to who God is. So we'll keep on doing it, man. Yeah. So thanks for having me. Appreciate it a ton. Yeah, it was fun. Yep. So this has been the Finding Nemo podcast, and we'll be seeing you. <laughs>